Hello, and welcome back to Latter-day Ramblings. Today, I'd like to talk about love. Basically, um, how we teach love in uh, the Mormon Church, um, especially how what, uh, how we present or frame, I guess, God's love for us, for his children, and the way that it impacts us. So I first started uh, thinking about this subject when I came across a talk uh, by President Nelson from 2003 called Divine Love, in which he says this. While divine love can be called perfect, infinite, enduring, and universal, it cannot correctly be characterized as unconditional. The word does not appear in the scriptures. On the other hand, many verses affirm that the higher levels of love the Father and the Son feel for each of us, and certain blessings stemming from that love, are conditional. So when I first read this, it kind of threw me for a loop, right? Because I'd always thought that the church taught that God's love was unconditional. I thought like, I thought it was like more of the mainstream Christianity, you know, that we are saved by grace kind of Christianity. But this kind of contradicted everything I thought I'd been taught. And maybe like it was, um, just the, the people in my congregation or something, maybe we've just like um, collectively misinterpreted what the church has been teaching for forever. But it just struck me. And I find it to be problematic in many ways. But first, like, okay, I, I sent this quote to some of my more faithful, like more um, really, you know, orthodox friends, I guess you could call them. And they tried to defend uh, what Nelson said by saying, like, oh, no, but he means, like, the blessings that stem from his love, those are unconditional, not God's love himself. That's not what he means, right? But it is what it means. <laughs> it's exactly what it means, because it says, right, um, the, the, the higher levels of love uh, the Father and the Son feel for each of us, and certain divine blessings stemming from that love are conditional. So it's both the love and the blessings. So that's not a defense. And I mean, that's such a weird, such a weird thing. And that, I mean, further on in the talk, I think he goes on to say like, but that doesn't mean that he doesn't, that he doesn't love the sinners. And I'm like, well, that doesn't make sense. Like what conditions are you, what do what conditions do you mean then? Like when i mean when nelson talks about conditions i assume he's talking about like the works and the ordinances right it's baptism it's the endowment it's following and following the prophet keeping the commandments just making making good on your promises and you know uh, walking the covenant path as he likes to say and you know sinners like quote unquote sinners are not on that path and so they would be exempt i guess is the word from they, they wouldn't receive they wouldn't receive god's love or at least not the fullness of god's love i guess uh, i don't know i don't i don't like it i i just don't i don't like thinking about god that way i don't like feeling like i'm never good enough or like, I'm better than other people, because I'm not. And I found another quote from Elder Christofferson's talk, Abide in My Love, 
Uh, he also talks about divine love and like you can't describe it as unconditional. He says, um, uh, perfect love, redeeming love, everlasting love. Uh, these are better terms because the word unconditional can convey mistaken impressions about divine love, such as God tolerates and excuses anything we do because his love is unconditional, or God makes no demands upon us because his love is unconditional, or all are saved in the heavenly kingdom of God because his love is unconditional. So I guess this um, is part of the problem, I think, that we focus on works so much and i guess also we focus on worthiness because the thing is like elder christopherson christopherson here assumes that oh well i mean if he saves us anyway if, if we're saved by his grace and by nothing else then i mean there's no incentive to be a good person then we can just like sit back relax you know eat drink and be merry and just do nothing but that's not the point. Um, you know, we don't do the, the do those works in order to gain love. We do those works because we are already loved. You know, it's that thing of we we love him because he loved us first. You know, it's a consequence of his love. It's not a way to achieve love. You know, and that's what I mean when I say unconditional. It's like that love serves as an incentive to be a good person and to do good things and to do those works and whatever whatever you mean whatever you're referring to when you when you say that when you refer to those conditions i guess and that makes a lot more sense to me because i mean when i feel loved i i do feel like i want to be a better person and okay i, I mentioned worthiness um and the thing that worthiness has never really sat right with me. And the thing is, like, by my own logic, which, I mean, could be of the, of the devil, I don't know. I'm just following my own reasoning and my own knowledge of the scriptures, my own knowledge of God, um, who I think he is, right? Um, and the thing about the temple, um... You know, we should go to the temple to become better people. And I guess that's what we say is the purpose of going there. But if you have to go through an interview to determine whether you're good enough, I I just, I don't think the temple is supposed to be a place for perfect people. Right? I mean, it's a place for us to get closer to God. But we're supposed to be as close to God as possible, according to the temple interview questions, the recommend questions, before even going. And it's just this really weird paradox that I do not understand. And I just, I don't, I don't understand it. And yeah, I do think, I do think that the church breeds perfectionists because, uh, because of that emphasis on worthiness and on doing everything right, and it's like almost a pharisaical kind of attitude that you never feel good enough. Like, even if you're doing everything they tell you to, there's always maybe some little thing that you could be doing better. And, I mean, they look at it as this great incentive to do more and be better, but at some point it's just going to lead to a burnout, and it's just, it's not healthy 
to hate yourself for not measuring up to the expectations. And I mean, in church, you're not supposed to be, I mean, you're not really supposed to be honest about what you're really feeling. I mean, we always talk about, I mean, not always, but we sometimes talk about um, the church being a hospital for the sick, right? Instead of a museum for saints or whatever. But in my experience, that is never true. Like, you always have to put on this kind of mask of the best version of yourself instead of, like, your actual version of yourself, right? And you're supposed to be happy all the time and smile and... You're not supposed to be who you really are. Like, you're be yourself and be honest. And I think it's unhealthy. I do. I just, I always felt, and I still feel, like I have to hide a part of myself, right? And I, I have to censor what I say to make other people feel comfortable instead of actually expressing myself and my concerns and my negative emotions because God forbid I have negative emotions. And, And I guess that's just, that's all a weird um, unconscious or subconscious consequence of this doctrine of, uh, of conditional love, right? And what's more is like this idea starts seeping in to the way people parent and raise their kids, right? And it leads to shunning. <laughs> It does, and I, I know that Elder Christopherson said in, in in some other talk that sometimes you need to distance yourself from your loved ones because you don't want to look like you're condoning their behavior. Like I think I don't know what he said, something about like um, if a gay child in a relationship. Oh, you don't want to look like you're condoning his happy relationship. You know, you have to don't talk to him and wait for him to change his mind or whatever. Like, don't show him you love him. And that's so screwed up. That's so screwed up. If you're advocating for people shunning their children under any circumstances, that is not okay. <sighs> we're, we're taught to love people conditionally. And the thing is that it makes love transactional. And I've noticed this. Like, whenever, like, I have a lot of friends outside the church, and, um, I mean, my leaders, my church leaders are always telling me, like, oh, maybe you should take one of your friends to church, and, you know, it's always, they mean it, like, in a friendly way, like, oh, they should see, um, what you do on Sundays and just get to know you better, and, but it's always a kind of a, a way to try to convert people. It's always like every member missionary kind of thing. And it's like, it, it, it leads to people becoming friends with non-members to convert them, to try to, you know, get something from them. It's not because, oh, you want to be their friend because f just for the sake of being their friend, no, you want them to do what you want. You know, and 
Like I guess like if you're inside the bubble and if you believe that this is the most wonderful thing ever and that everything else is trash, right? If you think that every other ideology or belief system is completely wrong and of Satan, then I guess it would make sense to do this. But that's just not the world we live in. There's just different, there's different truths and there's good in everything and there's bad in everything and we're not better than other people for believing what we believe you know and we just have to be open to other ideas and just live live with that let people live the way they want to live because that's why we have agency it just it bugs me that transactional love it's unhealthy and it's not good for human connection at all so I believe in unconditional love. I believe that God loves his children unconditionally and that obedience comes after love and not as a requirement for it. And I think that's the most Christ-like thing I, c I could ever think of, really. And I... I can't believe that leaders are advocating for the opposite. But, you know, let's agree to disagree. It's fine. It just feels right to me. I feel the spirit, I guess, when I talk about it. <laughs> I guess that was my testimony. <laughs> I think that's it for today. So, thanks for listening. Have a good day.